Hey friends, welcome to episode 80 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm Dara Swift and I am thankful that you're listening in today. I want to warmly welcome you to the show. And today's episode is so important because we're talking about something that affects all of us. Accidents happen every day, but for some, it could be a matter of life or death. Before we get into the show, I just want to mention that I am so blessed. Fierce Calling is on the Spark Network, and now it's available on the Edify app. And if you don't have the Edify app, you can go to the Apple or Google Play stores and download it and listen to Fierce Calling there and other amazing Christian podcasts. So be sure to check that out, friends. So my guest today is Jennifer Eichenhorst, and we're talking about finding hope after causing accidental death or injury. And I could tell you more, but I would love for you to just hear it from her and how God has now given her a mission to spread hope after devastation because friends, she knows this subject all too well because she has lived it. And her story has really made an impact on me. And I know that what she has to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. And if it's affected you or someone you know, please share it and listen in while I have a chat with Jennifer Eichenhorst. Hello and welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today I have my friend Jennifer Eichenhorst with me. She is a wife to her high school sweetheart, Chris, which I love those stories. She's mom to four amazing kids, a high school math teacher, praise the Lord, and a blogger. And she is the podcast host of the award-winning podcast, Accidental Hope. She is also uh, an advocate for caddies, and we're going to learn more about what that is. But most of all, she is a Jesus girl and loves to speak truth and hope into the lives of others. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. It's so great to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. And, you know, I've been seeing so many good things about Fierce Calling and and now I get to be a part of it. So I'm really honored. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, what a blessing. Thank you. That is that is so sweet of you to say that. You are such an encourager. And I have listened to your show and you have just such a way about you that is very calm and peaceful and just, you know, let the Lord lead in the conversation. And I know that this is what he's going to do today in our, in our conversation Amen. today. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Amen. I well, know. Amen. Let's go. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. And I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how the Lord is using that to allow you to take action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Mm. There's so many things in there and it's like, which intersection, you know, there's so, <laughs> yeah. there's so many crossroads that come to mind. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, um, I guess what's unusual about me is I did, I was not raised in the church. I was not raised in the church. I, I, but I became a believer at a very young age, but my parents are both, um, non-believers. I mean, my mom is a believer, but doesn't really have a relationship. We weren't religious. We didn't go to church. And 
Um, but I found my way to a Sunday school and a, a Bible school, and there were some things that just gravitated where I just knew the Lord was real and was real to me. And it became my faith. So I just stood out um, in my household. And as I grew, um, you know, of course, I met my husband and um, he was a believer and we knew what we wanted to, you know, raise our our children in the in the church and, you know, loving the Lord and and life was going I guess as normal, both teachers, he's a coach, I'm a teacher, um, four children, and you kind of think that life, not that I could see into the future, but you kind of feel like you've got a plan, and, and, you know, things may arise, but in 2016, um, uh, life took a real halt, pause, um, crossroad, uh, crashing down, upside down. I don't know which word you want to say. You can be the judge. But um, in 2016, I had an accident that caused a fatality. And um, my heart was broken into a thousand little pieces. And it really was a place where I wasn't sure that I would recover that my faith would recover, um, that my marriage would be able to survive it. Um, I was so broken. And, you know, in a time right now where we're really talking about accidental death, I questioned everything um, from, you know, why the Lord even made me. Did he make me for this purpose to hurt this other family? And uh, I really questioned my existence. I questioned my moral goodness. Um, the The enemy had his way with me for a while, if, mm-hmm. I, if I could tell you that. Um, and there was a point where I decided to fight to live because I was going down that road of surrendering to like, Lord, if you want to take me right now that that would feel better to ease this pain that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a very lonely place. But when I decided to live and I decided to go, okay, wait a minute, whose voice is this? And I stood firm. It, it took a while. It took mm-hmm. a while. Um, but when I realized that I was listening to the enemy's lies versus everything that I had ever believed for 36 years and thank the Lord those seeds were planted deeply within my heart, even though I wasn't raised in it. There was truth that was so resound inside me, light and love and the, and, and um, God's word was so in there that I finally was like, wait, for 36 years, I believe this. And then right now, I don't believe any of that to be true. Why? How can I just go from day and night to changing um, what I felt about the Lord? Mm-hmm. And then I remember, wait a minute, I have an enemy. I have an enemy of my soul. This voice was not God's voice. Mm-hmm. And, and really, uh, that was kind of that first step of saying, okay, Lord, I want to know your voice again. I, w- I want to, you know, every, every thought that is not of you that does not line up with your word, I'm going to rebuke it and bind it and listen to what you say and how you call me to be. And uh, when the passion came, it was, I was sitting in a Christian counselor's uh, sofa and (laughs) I was 
crying out and still really wrestling. And I was so angry that there were just no resources for people like me, especially in the Christian world. Um, because, you know, causing someone's death is almost like an outcast. You know, you're an outcast. And it's even in the Old Testament, like um, cities of refuge. And I mean, these types of things are even talked about in the Old Testament if you accidentally kill someone. Um, but it's not necessarily talked about now in modern day Christianity and what to do with me. <laughs> Nobody knows what to do with me. And I'm talking to my therapist and I'm so frustrated that there's just no resources and no one's talking about this. And he looked at me, he said, well, then why not you? Mm-hmm. And it gave me this, he passed a torch to me where I was like, okay. And I gave that to the Lord and it took a few more months. But finally, one day I said, Lord, if you can use this mess to help one person, send me, I'll do it. And I'll share my, my worst of the worst of what I have felt and suffered with the world, if that means it helps someone to feel less alone. And that's how accidental hope was birthed. (laughs) It was just an act of obedience. And I was terrified, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely terrified, but I knew that I wanted to be more obedient. You know, my, my um, fear of being out of God's will was greater than the fear of persecution from the world. And, and so I, um, started a podcast to try and reach one person yeah just one by one that's powerful Jennifer how you said to here I am Lord send me and how he used your Christian counselor to speak that truth into your life well Mm -hmm. you're not seeing this this is a need and you're not seeing it being fulfilled so how about you and why not you why not me Yeah. yeah why not you and it was really impactful to me the way you said when you were first explaining this that you weren't even questioning things like was I even just in other words created or born for this one particular incident in my life for this accident that seemed to have been all-consuming when it took over when that moment changed for you in just a blink of an eye as one would say and so Was there a specific turning point that you remember when the light started to really outshine the dark voice that you were hearing and and you were like saying, because you said, wait a minute, hang on, this isn't, this isn't God's voice. Mm -hmm. Was there something you recall specifically about that? Yes, and it's kind of funny, but um, so... I was not sleeping and I was not treating myself well. In fact, I, I really felt like my heart would give out. I was mourning so deeply. Um, I, I felt as if my, my heart just ached and I cried every day, every moment. I, I didn't want to eat. Food had no taste. Um, I was just sad. And every time I tried to have a moment of happiness, I would quickly tell myself you are not allowed that you are not worthy to have happiness because there is a family mourning their father Mm -hmm. and their brother and the son and you're not allowed if they're mourning and grieving you are not allowed to ever experience joy again Mm -hmm. and I um 
I believe that. And so I knew I was headed down a very dark road. And of course, my family was, you know, trying to keep get me into a doctor, you know, and I was going to different doctors and I and I was, I was surviving. Mm -hmm. And finally, I was like, okay, if I'm going to still be here, if I still have breath in my lungs, I'm going to the doctor and I'm asking for, you know, something to make me happy again and something to help me to sleep and something to give me energy again and something to make me feel more normal. And, you know, I just wanted to pill for everything. Like, <laughs> can I get a, a medicine for all these things, you know, yeah. and something to make my heart feel better. I get to my doctor and this is, I actually went to my OBGYN and I went there because we were so poor at that time. We were taking every money that we did have to put towards a lawyer for me. And I was like, okay, I trust my OBGYN. He's delivered my babies. Um, I know I've talked to him about depression before. Maybe this is depression, like postpartum depression. So I was like, I'll go there. And then I have no copay. So I go, I go to this doctor because then there's no copay. And I, and I'm sitting there talking to him and uh, he said, well, Jennifer, how you been this year? Cause you know, it's time for that favorite visit. And, mm-hmm. and I just burst into tears and I confess to him the real reason I'm there. And I say to him, do you remember when you asked me after I had Logan, if I, you know, didn't want to do anything and I didn't want to get out of bed and I didn't want to shower. And you asked me like these questions, if, if I could pick anywhere to go in the whole world and someone said, we'll take care of everything. And I still wouldn't enjoy it. Do you remember those questions that you asked me? And he said, yes. I said, I'm feeling all of them. (laughs) I'm feeling all of them. And he Mm. looked at me and he said, Jennifer, you're grieving. Mm. You were grieving this man. You were Mm. grieving this stranger. You are in deep grief. And, and he said, you need to feel these things. And I was like, wait, I'm grieving a stranger. And, and suddenly I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I am brokenhearted. I am mourning. I'm grieving this man Mm -hmm. that I did not know. And we're all crying. The doctor's crying. His nurse is crying. I'm crying. I'm sitting there on paper, you know, bare bottomed with my little, my little paper. Uh, a little account. vulnerable. <laughs> a little vulnerable. Yeah. And, and he says to me, Jennifer, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anyone besides my wife. And I said, what's that? And he said, for as long as I can remember, since I was about 17, I have had a reoccurring nightmare that a child comes running out in front of me and I hit them with my car. And I have had this dream and I've asked myself, why do I have this dream? And this man is now in his fifties and he has been plagued with by this nightmare and he lives it reoccurring. He can see it and he doesn't understand why. And, and he, he is filled with compassion. His eyes are just, and he said, this is a dream. And I, I wake up shaking and anxious and and it has changed how I drive I get very nervous in parking lots and in my neighborhood I'm very cautious and I looked at him and suddenly the Lord I mean the Holy Spirit just gave me some courage and I said let's pray right now I said may I pray with you 
And he said, yes. And I took his hand with my right hand and I took his nurse's hand with the left hand. And I said, we're going to pray against this right now in the name of Jesus. And it gave me a boldness. And I prayed just about as hard as I could pray. And our hands got as hot to the touch as they could get. And when we finished, you know, I had my exam. And I left and he said, I'm, I'm not going to give you that pill to help you sleep. And, and I'm not going to give you um, that pill to make you happy. And he said, I'm going to give you the name of a psychiatrist and I'm going to have my nurse check in with you every week until you start to feel better. Um, he said, I want you to take care of yourself. And um, yeah. So I get back in my, I get back in my car and I'm sitting there and I just begin to weep. And I was like, Lord, you used me to pray with someone. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on me that there may be still purpose in my life. As broken as I was, there may be still purpose in my life that I would still be able, I can be used by God, even in this broken state. And How beautiful that whole uh, interaction, that whole uh, divine appointment. Yes, it can wasn't you just, believe it? You know, your annual OBGYN. No. It was just such a divine appointment yes. for you to be there and for him to share about that dream. That yes. you know, that probably brought, I would think, some peace to him. You know, with being able to say it out loud and then being able to pray you praying when you were the one seeking and then, you know, God used that in such a powerful way. That's amazing. It was kind of a turning point. Um, and that was about six to seven weeks after the accident. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I mean, now when I'm in a healthy mindset, of course the Lord uses the broken, the least of these over and over again in the Bible. But when you're in it, you're like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, Moses went through this and so-and-so went went through that. And But when you're in it, you are Mm -hmm. listening to the lie of the enemy and you feel like, my there's no hope. And the Lord restored just a flicker of hope in that moment that that maybe that wasn't just, uh, I, I felt it. I was, it was a divine appointment. And so I knew that that was a lie of the enemy, obviously that I was, you know, so that was kind of a turning point. Um, I, and I was still very much in it. I mean, at that point, I still didn't know if I would go to prison or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some very serious things happening around us. I mean, complete devastation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, I can sit here now and tell you that the Lord is so good and faithful, so good and faithful to restore joy and restore just intimacy with him and knowing him and trusting him with the unimaginable, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then just to give me that opportunity to share hope with others has been just an incredible thing. I'm so grateful that uh, I pulled, I came out of that pit, you know, and I didn't continue to listen to the lies of the enemy that, that I, I was able to um, hold on and um, 
Yeah, it's been a, it's been an incredible last five years. Um, I just honored the five year anniversary of the accident uh, in October, mm-hmm. and um, man, I mean, you know, but that was kind of the turning point. I mean, there is a lot of little other moments, but I really think that that was the first one yeah. that that got a hold of me and kind of shook me, shook me and woke me up. Yeah, that's amazing, and I think too for the woman who is listening right now or, or man, if there's a man listening, (laughs) such a powerful message, what you had shared about how God woke you up to the fact that you're my daughter and I have more for you. And there is a purpose in your pain. And he didn't wait until you were through the storm. He didn't wait until you were at the end where you knew what the outcome was going to be, you were still in the midst of this. And he brought that. He he didn't actually bring joy back because you always had it. But you said he awakened you mm-hmm. to the purpose and how you can make still make a difference in the lives of others, even coming through something that was so horrific for you to go through. And I just love that in John 15, how the Lord tells us about abiding in the vine and abiding in his love and all of that. And he tells us all these things that, you know, that his joy may be in us, that our joy may be full and complete. And so I love that you use the term, he woke you up kind of to that Mm -hmm. and that your joy was still there but the enemy does threaten to steal that joy from us. And if he could continue to speak those lies into your life and you didn't actually come to that realization that it would keep you ineffective for the kingdom work that God had already planned in advance for you to do. Mm -hmm. And so, but I, I love that your ministry is speaking into the lives of those who have, accidentally unintentionally caused harm injury or death to someone else because we don't often like you say we don't often look at it from their point of the story from their point of what they're going through because the focus is mainly on the one the who victim. lost their life or the, mm-hmm. you know, the one who, yeah, who was injured, their family. So as it should be, I mean, as it should be, yeah. you know, yeah, it's a really hard thing um, mm-hmm. because, and I want to preface this, that if you are listening and, and my testimony stirs in you anything or hurts you because of something that you've experienced in your life, if you've lost a loved one mm-hmm. or a dear friend, I want you to know that my heart breaks for you. It breaks for the family and, and my pain is not greater. It should never overshadow the fact that there was a life lost and that I made a mistake. I made a human error. It wasn't gross negligence, but, but this man truly had the right of way. And, and I take full responsibility of that. It's a burden I will always carry. Mm -hmm. And the Lord gives me strength each day to lay down my shame and my mm-hmm. guilt and take on the covering that, that I am new in Christ and that yeah. he loves me imperfectly and that I can attain perfection, that I just lay it at the cross each day. I mean, this is, this is a 
forever suffering. And if you wonder if people suffer, I'm going to tell you we do. We, when I have not met a caddy, and I know you brought it up, caddy means causing accidental death or injury. And I prefer that to accidental killer. I know you're hearing accidental killer, accidental killer, all in the news right now. And um, it, it breaks my heart. I mean, you could, you could totally label me that if you yeah. wanted to, um, but I prefer caddy, <laughs> please. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kinder to the soul um, because I didn't intend to harm anyone. And, and my girls were in the car with me. I mean, I never in a million years would have hurt anyone. And it, it, it was a ripple of pain. And we have to remember that only the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe it was God's plan or God's will. I think the enemy saw an opportunity and uh, the victim in my story, his name was David, and um, the enemy swooped in and was allowed to to, uh, create this chaos in a broken Mm -hmm. world. And um, what we choose to do with that suffering can give glory to God. And that's mm-hmm. within my testimony, my children's testimony, uh, David's children's testimony, what they choose to do with it. Just like in that moment with spilling my, my heart out to my doctor, you know, mm-hmm. um, taking agency and deciding that we're going to pray. We're going to rebuke this right now, that boldness. That was still a choice. The Lord gave me a choice in that. We can either be better or bitter. And in that moment, I was prepared to fight for him where I couldn't fight for myself. I wanted to fight and protect him with the word of God and, and cover him and, and, and bless his hands and bless his future where I couldn't do that for myself. Mm-hmm. at that moment you know and I think that's also scripturally where we have to make sure we're looking ahead to the Lord instead of just staying so um you know kind of like laser focused on our own problems you know mm-hmm. we have yes. to be available vessels you know and yes. it was easier to fight for him than it was to fight for myself in that moment yeah. um, but thankfully I had people fighting for me people praying for me and holding me up when I couldn't pray for myself. And thank you for that, for first of all, being so vulnerable to share your story, but also the fact that your story connects with others too, other people's story that were involved in this whole thing and how you were wanting to bring out that you're not trying to overshadow the pain that this family went through. Um, the beautiful thing is because of your story, because of you sharing your story, it's going to really make us think more intentionally about paying attention Mm, because I know just, you know, from hearing your story, I know personally, I have been more intentional about not allowing distractions in the car or things that I normally would think would be okay, like, oh, I'm just going to look down and do this real quick or whatever. But it just really makes you think of how quickly something can happen. And it has made me think. And for the listener out there, for the man or woman that's listening right now, just as Jennifer said, if you have experienced this in your own life, either being the one who, who caused an accident to occur or one who is a family who have a, has experienced that, or maybe you're a person who was injured because of another person in an accident, that God has 
seen every detail and he knows every heart and he knows that whatever comes through is going to be for good. God is good and hard things happen. And there's, like you say, there's no real explanation why except the enemy has his way sometimes. And then we look to see, well, how, how can this help other people? How can I serve? Because we're called to serve and it helps alleviate someone else's pain. So that was beautiful that you shared that. So what are some things that you would want to share with someone who's listening today for what God lays on your heart to share, um, mm-hmm. you know, that the, you've learned through this experience? Oh, well, when, when you were talking, the first word that came to my heart, I just almost even saw it in a vision was forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my story is one of forgiveness and grace and, um, you know, when I was confessing to the Lord, I was, I didn't even know how to, I I mean, I followed the law. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was really struggling with how to forgive myself. I did, and I can't ask for forgiveness for the man who lost his life, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was reminded that when someone enters heaven, there is no unforgiveness there. Mm -hmm. He entered the gates of heaven and walked into Jesus's presence and had no regrets and left this world behind. That this is mm-hmm. to remind her that we look towards heaven. Yes. And I want to live my life like that. But in that turmoil, part of my healing, my very last step of really experiencing healing was confessing to the world. I, mm-hmm. I jumped on a Facebook live um, probably about nine months after the accident. And I confessed to the world that I had this accident. I mean, my close circle, people who were praying with me knew, you know, that what had happened. But to the rest of the world, I just looked like the same old person on the outside, sort of. No one knew the turmoil that I was going through. And I confessed to publicly, guys, I need to let you know, if you heard that I had an accident in October, that... um, I deeply regret that I took another man's life and that an innocent man was lost that day because of my failure. Um, And my failure is that I didn't inch past that stop sign looking and treating this road like it was a busy intersection. It was just a quiet country road. Mm. No one's here. It's safe. It's fine. And I did not treat it like it was a busy intersection. And I will deeply regret that for the rest of my life. Um, And, um, but I could choose to sit in that pit and just keep sitting there and beating myself up, or I could take my failure and say, I'm going to confess this to the world. I'm going to ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to, um, help the next person if I'm able, you know, and whether that's praying, whether that's just being a listening ear, and then there's an emotional healing when you confess it. And then when you reach out to help the next person. So what it looked like for me was, um, calling the local chaplains and saying, Hey, I'm a survivor of this. Um, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better. Do you know of other people who have had accidents that maybe want to start a community, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 
eventually we have a community and now it's reached all over the world. I hear from people all over the world who are bound by their shame and their guilt and um, feeling helpless and they just survive because they feel like it is unforgivable. And we know if we're setting aside what we did, if someone said, oh, my sin's too big, it can't be forgiven, a, a healthy Christian would say, that's a lie of the enemy. Right. Every sin can be forgiven. There are always second chances in the Lord and, and, or not just second chances, praise the Lord. There's grace and abundant grace and it just keeps coming, you know, as long Amen. as we confess it and we turn from it. Right. Amen. And, and so I think, um, we get caught up in that, but that means we have to release it and, and we have to walk in that forgiveness. And I had to say that includes me. I have to forgive myself for being human and making that error in judgment and falling short. Yeah. And, and then just releasing that, like I said, it's a daily choice because mm-hmm. I'm triggered every day and, and, um, you know, it'll never be something I'm proud of. Yeah. But I can be proud of the podcast and I can be proud that I have pen pals all over the world yeah. and, um, you know, sisters in Christ, you know, um, brothers in Christ that I can say, encourage them in the word and remind them that they are forgiven and they are loved. That's amazing. And I, I love how you have a community that you drew people into a community with this like experience and they weren't all the same and they, things were, circumstances were different in all of the different events that occurred, but all going through that same difficult walk. And what would a person really say? Cause it could be awkward if you have a friend or a family member or someone that you know that say experienced what you have experienced would seem awkward. What do you say or what do you not say? Or do you have any help in that way that you can encourage some of us today? The thing I would say is helpful is to sit in the pit, sit mm-hmm. in the pit and it is uncomfortable. Sometimes we want to fix things. Mm-hmm. And this is something that can't be fixed, but except for the Lord and um, the Holy Spirit has to just work and time on their hearts. So just sit with them. And if they need to cry, if they need to curse, if they need to um, yell, if they need to go for a walk and you just sit in silence with them Mm -hmm. and let them uh, just know that you're there. I think that is a great thing to do instead of just trying to fix something or saying, well, honey, it was just an accident Mm -hmm. because even that is just so hurtful. Um, It just hurts. I I can't even explain why it hurts, but it hurts. Um, We're hearing a lot of people who think they got their loved ones sick with COVID. And mm-hmm. um, so now we're even having people write us that they feel that they were the ones that exposed their family member to COVID and now their their family member was in the hospital or has passed away. And I think you sit with them in the pit, you love on them, you remind them of their their worth and you just pray without ceasing for this person they have to ultimately make that choice for them. Mm. You know, you want to get a a therapy involved if you can. Things that hurt are, you know, saying, oh, it was just an accident or, you know, why haven't you got over this? You know, you weren't at fault. Um, You know, and grief is a beast. Grief takes time. And Um, If you don't know what to say, you know, seek help, you know, talk to the pastors, talk to a therapist, um, 
you know, we have resources at accidentalimpacts.org, or you can go to my website, accidentalhope.com. Um, and I think it's just, just being there for that person, not trying to fix them, but really, you know, the Holy Spirit has to, has to work, give, give the Holy Spirit time to work, mm-hmm. you know, hold on to hope um, as you're navigating this really tragic road or experience. Yeah. Great. That is so helpful. And just a reminder to let the spirit lead us in what we are to say or not say, and not to try to minimize pain that we have no business doing or can't do. We cannot do that. Uh, but the ministry of presence, just bring mm, the being ministry of presence, yes. present uh, with, with someone who's hurting and, and who's in pain and how it is grief and that it is different for each person and not to put limits or a formula that they should be, you know, past this by then or whatever, because it's all different for everybody. And you did share where people can connect with you. So do you have anything else you would want to share as far as how someone can reach out to you? You have your website. If you could just mention that again and any uh, um, specific resources that you think might be of help? Um, so yes, accidentalimpacts.org is actually the pioneer of, of this whole thing. It's what I found. It's the only original resource in the world uh, speaking to this subject. And um, she's a dear friend. Mary, Dr. Marianne Gray founded that site and she's now a dear friend. And I recently got to meet her. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And that was so awesome. I mean, it was literally a pra- answer to prayer. I was just, it was, uh, we could talk about that if you want to here in a minute. But, <laughs> um, you know, and then my website is accidentalhope.com. There are a few books, but literally there's just a handful of resources in the entire world ever published, ever over accidental death and accidental killers. And, and so there's not even like a real protocol within the, the counseling world, the psychology world. Um, but I think we're going to see it now that we're having these conversations, these really difficult conversations. I mean, it's in the Bible. The Lord talked about it. You know, there were cities of refuge where, you know, the family of the deceased could kill you. You know, it was still in that eye for an eye time where, because that's what you feel. I mean, I literally was ready at that point to walk out my door and let someone stone me. You have a, it is literally within you. And, and I know it, 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 it does not seem right, (laughs) you know, in the head to feel that way. Um, but literally I would have just walked outside and if people were ready to stone me, I would gladly kneel down. Mm. It is, that is the natural response. And that is actually, you know, what it would talk about in the old Testament. But if you could make it, you could flee to these cities of refuge and you would stay there for seven years. And if the priest died, the, the head priest, then you would be, uh, you know, um, cleansed of this accidental killing and you could return to your village you know if you wanted to and of course we don't have that here we don't have any of that but that's what it feels like and so because the lord took time to bring it into scripture and yet we've never really discussed it here as a culture and i've heard from all different cultures india peru ages religions i mean and we all can uh can discuss our same feelings of feeling no longer worthy 
mm-hmm. of anything. Yeah. And, and, and I, I just feel if you, if you are feeling that no matter what you've experienced in your life, that you are not worthy, if you can familiar with that language at all, then that is, I'm, I'm asking you to stop and rebuke that right now and ask the Lord to help you, um, you know, that voice is not his, that is not your shepherd's voice. And, and to know that you are absolutely worthy and, and the Lord wants you to walk in the fullness that all that he has for you. And that doesn't mean that you're getting a free pass. You know, there's choices and there are consequences to choices. Um, but he is absolutely there to walk with you. And so I hope that that is the message that you hear from my testimony and, um, you know, so you can reach me at Accidental Hope, you know, listen to the podcast and hear these incredibly just special stories. They are so sacred and so precious to me and stories of just ultimate forgiveness. I mean, you know, children that have passed away and, and, and often guys, often these accidents happen with people you do life with every day. Like my accident happened less than one mile from my home. Mm. So he was like, a community member. He was a neighbor, even though I didn't know him specifically. We had mutual friends, you know, um, and and that's where the enemy wants to attack us, right? Yeah, Is with, close yeah. to home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Close to home. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I really appreciate you um, inviting me on the show and, and I hope it blesses your listeners and, you know, I'm yeah. here. This has been so amazing. And I wondered if before we sign off, if you would maybe take a moment and pray for that person who's listening, what you had just said um, to help them if they're walking through a time where they, they just don't feel worthy and just can't seem to forgive themselves or or realize the fact that they're maybe listening to some lies and that they don't have any purpose, that their life isn't worth anything. Absolutely. Let's pray. Lord, I just, I invite you, Holy Spirit, and I thank you for everyone listening. Maybe they've felt um, a little pushback in their spirit. Maybe they have felt tense in their shoulders. Maybe they have felt stirring in their heart. Maybe they've felt anger. Maybe they've felt just a deep sadness, maybe something that was there in that inner, inner being, in that secret place that only you know of that secret that they've kept, maybe you brought it to mind. And Lord, I thank you that you you meet us there in those secret places, God, and that you want everything to come forth to make us new. You want to refine us, Lord, so that we are precious because we're precious to you. Lord, I thank you for every um, person that's listening who's saying, Lord, I want to feel worthy again. Lord, I want to lay down this lie. Lord, I want to get control of these thoughts, Lord, these intrusive thoughts. Lord, I realize I haven't been listening to your voice. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your voice. I want to seek you with all that I am. Lord, I'm speaking to those people, and I'm saying In Jesus' name, they are coming alive to your truth. They are coming alive to the vision that you have for them, Lord, that they are stepping into their purpose, God, completely how they are and the choices that they've made because you are big enough. You loved me 
in that road and you loved David in that road and you loved his children in that road and you loved my children that were there and you loved the first responders. You loved the people who persecuted me. You loved all of us because you're big enough. And so, God, we trust you with this circumstance. We trust you with um, the the hurt, Lord. We trust you with this pain, God, that we're going to release it to you. And we're going to walk in the fullness of your truth is that we are worthy to be loved because you called us by name. You said that we are precious. You said that we are the apple of your eye, that we were you had us in mind from the birth of creation and that we were worthy to be born. So therefore, that all of this can be worked to good um, because we love you and we trust you with it. We're going to hand it over to you now, and we're going to take those thoughts captive, and we're going to listen to your voice, and we're going to seek you with our whole hearts. And, and, and at the end of it, there will be a testimony. Lord, we are expectant of the testimony, God. And we thank you that someday we'll be able to look at that pain and know that it does not define us. We'll be able to look at that suffering and say it did not, it did not take us down. It crushed us, but we, we are still here. And we will be able to praise you that we have overcome. And so we thank you, we love you, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And if you're a listener and um, you feel a tug on your heart to reach out, Jennifer would love to hear from you and hear your story. And so thank you, friend, for being on the show. It's just been so powerful and amazing. And I know that hearts will be changed by your testimony. And, you know, we we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So praise the Lord that you are speaking it and that you are helping others in their pain. So pointing them to Jesus. Amen. Yeah, He's the only way. The way. He's that's the only the reason I'm breathing. Amen. <laughs> <For sure>. Amen <laughs> friend. <laughs> All right, sister. Well, thank you so much. And I hope to have you on again sometime. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, you take care and we will talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. And I hope that this episode made as much impact on you as it did on me. Listening to Jennifer's story was just like, wow, an eye opener. Because really, friends, it could have been any one of us that this happened to. And it happens every day. And if this episode can um, cause just one person to be aware, then I know that God has used it. And I pray that he continues to use it just like he is using Jennifer's testimony and her story. And I love when she said, Lord, if you can use this mess to help one person, send me, I'll do it. And the Lord has given her courage and strength uh, to be brave and share her story. And um, it's pulling other people out of the out of the mire. It's pulling people out of the pit, um, just hearing this message of hope. And so, friend, if this has touched your life or if it's touched someone else's life that you know, please share this episode it's so important. What an important message. And friend, check out the Edify app 
as I mentioned, and download that. You can listen to Fierce Calling and so many other amazing Christian podcasts. And next week, we have a very special episode for Christmas. So don't miss it. Stay tuned, friends. And in the meantime, be intentional, be focused, be safe. Have a blessed week, and I will talk to you soon.